How are you, Ben? Hello, hello. <clears throat> How are you? All good. I'm good. Thanks so. I thanks so much for doing this. My pleasure. Okay. If um, if at any point you hear some purring in the background, it's my cat. She's a very <laughs> she's a very loud purr. Mine is around here somewhere. It's um, it's <laughs> midday here, so she's probably lying in the sun somewhere. Uh, on to the subject of religion, because we'll get we'll get we'll get into it and um, UFO religion uh, at that. How how many UFO religions are there currently in the world? I know that's probably a tough question, but that are f- not how many actually probably, but how many are quite prominent? Shall we say? It's going to depend how we're counting it. So are we counting, first of all, anyone who claims communication with a space alien and for religious or spiritual reasons, in which case you have dozens and dozens, probably hundreds of individual channelers, uh, many of whom don't have much of a movement, but they have sort of clients or sort of, you know, they... Um, they give talks and things like that. So if we're going to include include people who claim extraterrestrial communication, then the number is is quite large. If we're talking actual like UFOs, like they they claim they went onto a UFO or they saw a UFO or something like that, then it's much much lower. Yeah. yeah. And also, it would depend on what we're counting as sort of like you know a, a movement or a religion. Is it is it one channeler who sort of has you know a business you know doing you know spiritual readings and things like that and has clients but not really a community or are we talking like people who feel like this is you know part of the group then then again the number shrinks okay okay how how did you get into the subject of ufology and religion yeah so i'm a big sci-fi nerd uh, i've always been into science fiction okay, and same as me um, good <laughs> uh, so i remember growing up reading uh you know i would read my dad's bookshelf and i would read you know this was you know back in the the 80s 90s so i would read the, the classics you know uh, arthur c Clarke and isaac asimov that sort of stuff um foundation yeah. fan uh, yeah i am yeah me yeah. too um, me too um <laughs> so let's see here um so i had sort of a sci-fi interest um and yeah. then when i started studying religion i um I it never occurred to me to study UFO religions until the 1997 Heaven's Gate suicides, and at that point, the the media did such a bad job of covering the Heaven's Gate movement okay. uh, that uh, that I really felt like I had to to study it. And I was just a student at the time, but I said, "Well, I'll write my undergraduate thesis on it." And then it sort of went from there when I discovered there were other groups like this. And yeah, you know, I think it's it's not surprising to me people have combined sort of their interest in ufo and ufology and questions about space and technology and science and what's out there with religion uh mm-hmm. it's so easily dismissed as just sort of ridiculous but i don't think it is so i think that's sort of what brought me into studying it okay that's 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 interesting it, it, uh, on the subject of ufos and, and we'd say the past was a lot of people in the past i know they would see f- flying objects and stuff like that but it, they wouldn't nat- naturally think of it as a UFO, but they would be looking to the, I suppose we've always been looking to the skies. Was that a big thing in ancient times? Yeah. And there's a couple of, uh, of books I'm blanking on um, who the, the, uh, the folks were there. Who's, it might be, um, well, I, I forget who it was who came up with a sort of a historical study of every claimed UFO sighting going wow. back to antiquity, including things like the book of Ezekiel you know, from the Bible. Yeah. 
where if you know the story of Ezekiel, you know where the, the prophet sees this sort of chariot thing and it has like animal parts and it's flying through the sky. So that's included. Then there's sort of Babylonian and, and Egyptian and African equivalents. I'm blanking on the name of the author, but it's um, it's a multi-volume. So I mean, it's, it's, it's a long book. Um, anything weird in the sky? Yeah, if we come to the UFO, then yeah, it's been since antiquity. Um, I think the um, one interesting question about that is, do they see this technology? And clearly, like mm -hmm. in the Hindu epics, they do. So I think the Mahabharata talks about these, like, you know, they sound like missile platforms in the sky, that they're sort of, you know, in this great war, and they're, mm -hmm. they're these divine missile platforms. And clearly, there's sort of an idea of technology there. So I guess if, that seems fair to call that uh, a UFO. I believe those are called Vimayas. Um, the, okay. I'm not an Indologist, but the um, I edited a book and what person studying that wrote a chapter so i'm i'm remembering it from there um so yeah i mean we could we could trace it back to antiquity um and then i think you know post the uh the flying saucer settings the 1950s it takes on sort of a new a new identity you know at post post 1950s it's you know it's you know in the space race and the atomic yeah, yeah yeah it, it looks different but yeah i think i think it's it's been going on for as long as anyone knows there seems to be a big kind of surge now with ufos especially with the pentagon releasing stuff it, do you reckon that's going to just start surging into the whole religious ufo aspect even more i think so uh given that when well, actually it was, it's uh, there's an interesting sort of irony here that when the, hmm. the government was denying anything to do with ufos actually groups were doing quite well as well so okay. I'm not sure if, and that's because a lot of sort of UFO, ufological oriented people, you know, ufologists and then UFO mm -hmm. movements are quite content with sort of conspiratorial thinking, you know, the government is yes. hiding. So that's, yes. And we know, of course, governments do hide things. So that's not, you know, that that's not a, a stretch to claim. Yeah. Um, so I think paradoxically, in some ways, even when the government, you know, didn't admit they were tracking UFOs. It, it didn't put a damper on, on, on ufology and ufo religions now that they've admitted they've been tracking it and studying it i i would think there'd be even more interest because now there's sort of like more data out there um but but it's not because there ever was a lack of interest it's just that now there's more stuff to look at right okay I, i'm wondering is there some religion de de dedicated to umuamua remember that that uh, thing that passed through oh, yeah, 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 from the, 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 no, did they ever decide was that from another solar system i can't remember yeah there was i had actually um the guy who wrote the book on it uh, on, on the podcast and um he he reckons it could have been a, a, a star a sail maybe a sail like a light sail but i think there uh, I, I don't know what's the did someone you know there's always people trying to discredit there everyone's trying to discredit everyone else so i don't know exactly Trying to remember, that, it, yeah. it went by so fast we'll never see it again right wasn't that it was sort of like yeah yeah yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure there's some some people out there worshiping that somewhere i wouldn't be surprised i should actually i should i should poke around afterwards i'll, I'll google it and then yeah i'll <laughs> yeah. poke around and see what else i can find on some of the message boards um that one reminds me of um of the um I think it's Star Trek Four with the the beings would send the sort of a probe, you know, to talk to the whales. But I think the it whales, yes. sort of that long, that long shape. So I thought maybe it was, you know, they're here to talk to the whales. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> it could happen. You know. Speaking of back to hev heaven's gaze, um, why do you think certain people kind of I'm not uh, fall for it is a bad word, but like. That they believe it. What, what do you think? And I, I don't mean to be 
bad against those people do you think but do you think some people in those kind of groups actually have kind of mental problems that they that that's why they they, they believe I know that sounds like an awful thing to say but I mean because some of the stuff you're like how is that could you know if you logically thought about it it doesn't make massive sense of like to kill yourself and then you're going to go into it you know so as far as we know the members of these sort of groups are no more or less prone to mental illness than the general population uh so certainly okay. there were people who, who were but uh, my interpretation my interpretation of heaven's gates uh and particularly you know the, the idea of suicide was it was never a suicide group it was always a group about leaving the earth and getting to outer space and they were sort of backed into the corner where suicide was the last option they had they kept waiting for the ufo to land and they just kept waiting they believed so strongly in extraterrestrial life and that that's where salvation was and the ufo was going to pick them up and when it just wouldn't land they slowly sort of year by year began to give up on never getting physically on board and that's when they began to embrace suicide but it didn't start that way so i don't think anyone joined thinking this is a suicide group um yeah so i mean it, it, a person who joins a group knowing it's a suicide group i think that yeah i think we, we'd have to think about mental illness as sort of you know is, is, is there a reason but everyone who joined thought they were going to get onto the the ufo in, in bodily form like like walking on or being lifted up with a tractor beam basically um so i i think that eventually they they were sort of backed into suicide but that wasn't where they started um okay. were they were they crazy i mean that's um I, 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 first of all, I don't know, and none of us can know because they're not yeah. here to, to do a, a psych assessment on. Um, there have been people who have died for or killed for their religion for thousands of years. So I, I don't, you know, on the, the face of it, simply dismiss them as crazy because of that. Mm -hmm. If I did, we'd have to say all the Christian martyrs in like the second and third centuries are crazy. Um, okay. or, or to take or pick suicide bombers too. I mean, any, any of these people, if you die or kill for your religion, no, I, I don't, you know, I neither approve of, of neither of them. I don't believe in martyrdom or suicide bombing are good things, but I don't, yes, yes. I don't think they're crazy. I think they have reasons that make sense to them. Okay, I get you. Does I that make you. sense? Yes, yes. <laughs> I, do, I totally understand. Why, why do you think those certain people are drawn towards kind of the fanatical UFC, UFO cults? Like, what? You know, it's really interesting. So for Heaven's Gate in particular, and that's the one yeah. I know best, I'll use that as an example, you know, probably about, about a third of people were drawn in really out of interest in UFOs and sightings. And, you know, this started in the 70s. So there was, you know, this Project Blue Book, there was all this stuff about, you know, is it real or not? And then the, the, the military is investigating the government and is it a conspiracy? So there were people deeply into that who joined because their primary draw was they wanted to know about these sightings and the, and the UFOs and they were sort of in that, that, that milieu. Um, there were also people who joined because they were spiritual seekers and they had tried other stuff mm. too. They had tried, you know, Scientology or they had tried living on a kibbutz or they had, they had tried LSD and drug trips. So they were like looking for meaning and this is just one more thing. And, and the thing is, there's a revolving door. A lot of those people left, like most of them didn't stay, but a, a few stuck around. Right. Um, and then I think you, you also have people who, um, uh, who were into sort of the, the, the Christian aspects of Heaven's Gate in particular, but um, Heaven's Gate and, and the Raelian movement, which is another UFO group, um, both really are into the Bible and they're into interpreting the Bible in, in terms of the UFO. Uh, and Heaven's Gate was very apocalyptic. So people are interested in like right. biblical prophecies and, you know, reading the book of Revelation and trying to figure out, you know, what does this bowl of wrath mean? Or when the land <laughs> yeah. gets knocked over, you know, what's, so if you, I mean, there's been new religions about that forever. I mean, I mean like the branch of Indians in Waco, I mean, they were reading the same book of Revelation, right? So members of Heaven's Gate read it and said, okay, this is about, this is about UFOs. So you have all that. You have the UF angle, you have the Christian angle, and you have just sort of the spiritual seeker angle. And then you, uh, that's Heaven's Gate. And I think it's probably the same for, for other 
show that uh, there's a train in the background. You know, so like that. <laughs> it's um, good. Yeah, it's the same for, for other groups too. Right. Do you, do you think it, it uh, without, I know we're trying to psychoanalyze people here, but do, but do you think it's a certain amount of, there's a certain amount of fun in something like that, that people think they're going into something that no one else kind of knows about. And it's their like little thing, like almost like a group kind of thing. Yeah, no, I totally, I think you're totally right there. I think there's, uh, there's a real psychological, I'm not a psychologist to be clear, but I, I think yeah. there's a real psychological draw uh, to thinking that you're, you're special and you have special access to the truth. Uh, and, and I think we see this particularly in new religions, but really any religion. I mean, people who, I um, mean, evangelists are trying to convert people to their own religions because they generally think they have, they have the yeah. truth. But when yeah. it's a new group, sort of a secret truth, an esoteric truth, um, yeah, I think that that offers incredible value to a person to say, "Look at me, I'm, you know, I'm special. I'm, um, I have access to the truth. I have a, a role to serve in this, like, you know, great grand adventure of, of, of life, the universe, and everything." To quote Douglas yeah. Adams, um, yeah. <laughs> the, um, you know, this is this will seem like a non sequitur, but here this will make sense if you, if you give me a minute. I was listening to the radio the other day. And there was a story about uh, a nurse at an American hospital who snuck into uh, a room to, to a Christian uh, person who went to, to baptize babies without telling the parents. And they were caught yeah. doing this big deal, right? But she said, well, I had to save their souls. Like, think about how powerful that claim is. You, you alone can save someone's soul yeah. or have access to the truth. I mean, that's the power of religion. You alone know the truth that can save people. I mean, you can see the draw. And then when it's yeah. when it's something like so arcane, like you are both, <laughs> you can yeah. see why you are, only I know this. Everyone else thinks I'm nuts, but I know it's true, right? Yeah, yeah. You can see the power. I get you. I, I always feel like the leaders of those the things, the, the, the guys that have the, the main God complex, shall we say, I always feel at the start, they kind of know it's a bit bullshit but as they get further on they actually start to believe their own hype do you think that's probably the case well so heaven's gate's interesting in that way because it has two founders and and apple white uh the male founder who was around at the end was basically confused at the beginning he said i'm hearing these voices i feel like i have this religious mission i'm having sort of this you know, say breakdown but i'm having sort of this you know things are falling apart and it's nettle his co-founder who's, who says Oh, you know, actually, we're going to do a star chart, and we're going to, you know, figure out. Okay, you're you have a, a prophetic destiny, and sort of a. Um, so he's sort of, you know, not dragged, but he's he's sort of pulled into it. it did did he believe? And, and to expand to other religions like this, do the founders typically believe it? Uh, I think you're right. They definitely come to believe it. Yeah. It's probably more common than not that at least at first they're not sure. I mean, it, if most people are rational, and I do think most people are rational, it, it, to claim that you're like, you know, Jesus, or that, you know, God's a space alien, or, or choose any other you know, sort of claim, it, it's an extreme claim. So I think, I, I'm not surprised that, that people sort of, you know, wonder about it. But I, I think you're right, after you've been doing this for a while, and after a leader or a founder has a group centered on them, and they, they keep going, it makes sense they become fully invested. Um, yeah. But but again, who knows? That that's the thing. I mean, for all yeah. we know, all of these people are making it up, and, and <laughs> or they're deep believers. We have no way of knowing, right? That that's part of what makes it so interesting. Yeah, I read about compulsive liars before. People who are compulsive liars that they tell a lie so much that they actually, in their brain, they actually have come to believe that lie. So they oh. tell it. They're actually t they they're like, no, I'm not lying. So for them, it's that's true. Really. That's why they get angry. Oh, because you could probably do like a neuro study, like a brain yeah. study. 
and you can yeah. probably see yeah that that makes total sense um, it does especially when you know people who are compulsive liars and they get angry yeah, when you yeah, catch I, their other liars. i was gonna say i don't know any but if i did i wouldn't know right because yeah. <laughs> so i may know some um you know memory is so weird that way i mean that's that's relevant for ufo religions too in terms of like the sightings and things i mean we know that memory is this funny thing and that if you mm. tell the story enough you start to believe it, as you said. And, you know, what is the true memory there? Particularly when it's like recalled memories under hypnosis, something like that. Um, I, I think we have no way to tell what's a real memory, even what, what real means. Oh, I, this is the podcast. People people are listening. They don't see my, my scare quotes. I'm holding my oh, hands they, up. They'll right see now. it. Don't worry. Oh, they'll see it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't sure if they're just listening, too. If you're just <laughs> listening, you know, there's scare quotes here. What, what is a real memory? Who knows, right? Yeah. Memory is a strange thing. Like, I, I, like, I remember me and my friend, we saw... Well, what we think we saw was a UFO. We were on the beach one day and there was a light like well past us. And then we're walking up a bit and it was like, it was way closer than anything could move. It was like on us by that stage. Now, I'm not sure how real that really was. You know, I know the both of us can talk about it at that. But but some of those things you're like, we, we, we tend to embellish things. And then as when you're younger, they kind of grow into a thought. So there's always that kind of thing. Was it as much as real as we thought it was? Even though we did see a light and we did see, you know, fear can almost change things in you as well. So I think that's why I find studying religion and UFO religion so fascinating. So yeah. it allows me, because I'm using a religious studies lens as opposed to psychology or, mm -hmm. or, you know, or you know, debunking or something to say, well, whether it happened or not is irrelevant. I, it's no more relevant whether you actually did or did not see the UFO, whether, you know, the, 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 some particular saint actually did a miracle or not. That doesn't matter. What yeah. matters for a saint, for a saint is people believe they're a saint. They believe the miracles are real. So there's like pilgrimages and churches and all the stuff people do. Um, so what matters is, in, you know, for UFO settings, not so much was it, what was it? But what are the effects? I mean, as a person found a religion based on it, did they become sort of a, a channeler, a spiritual uh, seeker or thinker? I mean, that's, that's real. Whether the UFO was or wasn't, who knows? I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I always feel like people, they should have their own beliefs and if whatever they believe. But when it, when it starts getting into like, let's kill ourselves, that's probably when the whole thing's gone off the rails. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, Heaven's Gate's the example there. Um, it, there's relatively few UFO religions that are prone, I think, to violence because it's, um, it's, not, it's not a violent ideology. That's yeah, um, very esoteric kind of thing yes, to be it, into, it, isn't it? it? It, it, I mean, if you have a religion founded on an idea of like, you know, uh, you know, a, a, I'm trying to think what would be prone to violence, you know, a, a, a group which, uh, which saw itself as part of like a, a, a war, like a war between like, you know, angels and demons or something, you know, a, like, then you can maybe expect they're prone to violence. Uh, apocalyptic groups like this. I mean, well, you know, remember the Om Shamriko, they were, they were the Japanese uh, subway gas attack. I mean, they were yeah, yeah, yeah. apocalyptic, right? So understand a, a group which is thinks that they're living in the end of times is maybe more prone to violence, although most of them aren't. But UFO religions, there's just no reason they should be violent. So Heaven's Gate sort of the exception in that way. Uh, and I think, again, they were sort of stuck by their theology. Like they were, they needed to get off the planet. They didn't know how. Um, right. So there was nowhere to go really for them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. When I think about other UFO religions, uh, like Aetherius, I mean, uh, Aetherius is that was, I think George King was the founder and they're the, mostly in the UK. They, um, they're about like healing the planet. You know, the very okay. same idea of like you, have, you know, space aliens are here to like talk to us and save us, but theirs is about like heal the planet. That's a much more, I think, typical UFO religion message is, you know, aliens are here to help us and not let's all kill ourselves.
Okay. It's it's quite an interesting thing because normally science and religion don't go together, but UFO religions are basically they're combining both things, aren't they? Yeah, and that's that's part of what it got me to, to stick with studying UFO religions actually, is okay. because eventually while I find them why I find you know find them fascinating, I thought, you know, but but so what? I mean if if it's like forty <laughs> you know, that doesn't matter. Um I think that's one of the, the so what answers. Uh I had a, a, an advisor in graduate school who said, What's your so what? And I said, Well, this is part of the so what. You can't be a, a modern person, uh, a person today. And not engage uh, science and technology. I think you can. And I think it's been that way at least since the birth of the atomic age, maybe earlier, but at least since everyone I know has been alive and thinking. It's been, we, we live in an era where with a push of a button, we can nuke ourselves to non-existence. Or we can, by, you know, slow ignorance, destroy the planet as we appear to be doing, right? You know, so yeah, yeah. With global climate change. I mean, so our technology, our science can destroy us. It's hard not to, to see the relevance. It also can save us. Think of all the cool things science and tech can do. We can like walk on the moon. We can yeah. cure diseases, which previously would have decimated us sometimes. <laughs> we can, um, but it's, we live in an age of science and technology. And I think you're right. UFO religions are some of the most explicit at saying we want to grapple with that. And they put technology at the center of their religion, not as a hack or an add-on, which an older religion would have to do. I mean, you can find Christians, Muslims, Jews, who sort of, you know, have a place for technology, but those those religions are ancient. As a new religion, it's not, it's not an add-on, it's not a hack. It's from the birth of UFO religions. They've always been about technology and science. Right. Yeah. Well, science is cool. <laughs> do you, do you, from studying theology, do you study other theology apart? You study all most other theologies. Do you? Yeah, do you find... yeah. I mean, well, I, I teach very broadly. I'm in a liberal arts college, so I teach. I was yeah. teaching Hinduism yesterday, for example. So I, I, I'm no Sanskritist, and I don't. But I, I can. I've st I've read you know sacred texts of, mo of a lot of religions and studied their history. So it's I'm okay. you know, good enough for five minutes. Okay, that's cool. Do you, do you find? Maybe an hour. Do, do, you, <laughs> do you find there's more people are becoming less religious? Because I, I can only speak for Ireland. I remember, I think with all that stuff with the Catholic Church, it kind of really, with, you know, with that nefarious stuff they're up to, it really soured a lot of people in Ireland. And I think Ireland definitely isn't as religious as it was. It, it definitely isn't as religious as it was. Do you find, is there less growth in religion? The data is clear that over the long-term trend in um, Western and Northern Europe and, and Canada has definitely been towards secularization is the term we use for that. So the decreased power of, of religion and also decreased adherence. Um, the United States is sort of weird. We seem to buck the trend here. Um, okay. However, the numbers for um, adherence uh, for, uh, for membership are certainly declining. Uh, Americans may be as religious as we were 20, 30 years ago, but fewer belong to particular religious communities. That much is clear. Oh, okay. um, and it may simply be, I mean, some churches are shrinking, but actually most, most churches are um, on average shrinking. Uh, the ones that are growing may just be the exception. Uh, is it because the younger generations, you know, the um, you know, millennials on forward and Zers are just, they look at like religion, they see like, you know, child abuse and televangelists and, and you know, 
uh, abortion protesters and they think, you know, that's not, you know, this is not for me. So mm -hmm. of course they're not going to want to belong. Um, or is it something about like the modern world? I and mean, that's the big debate. Is it something about sort of living in modernity where religion is, is less central? And there, there is sort of a, a debate over that. But you, you're, to answer your question, yes, absolutely. Certainly in the case of Ireland and um, with very few exceptions, Europe. I mean, there's a few exceptions. Poland's sort of an odd case, uh, but yeah. most, most of Europe, uh, at least Western, Northern Europe, certainly is, is what you're describing. And, and Canada and, and probably the U.S. too, but in sort of a different way. Yeah, I, I would I would probably deem myself agnostic. I would never say I'm an atheist because I, I would think saying you're an atheist is quite of like uh, arrogance to that, like that, you know, that what you're saying, you know, you know what I mean? It's like, well, you don't know. And I don't know. I'm open to the idea. But I think I think just being a I think a lot of people are actually more agnostic than atheists, even though people aren't believing in it. I think I think people are still open minded about it, I think. Yeah, and there's also sort of like the functional agnostic category, a person who still still belongs to a religious community, but doesn't really know if it's true or not, but it's going because it's, you know, it's convenient, or it's part of their ethnic heritage, or it's part of their family, or it's just sort of what they've always done. But if you ask them, like, what is your theology, it wouldn't match, like, what they belong to. We see that a lot. So I mean, I, they're there have been some really good studies in, in the U.S. It's, it's the Pew Forum, which, which runs sort of these big studies. But I've, there's analogous ones in the, the European social science studies where you ask someone, you know, you ask a Catholic, like, do you believe? And then you list like 10 Catholic doctrines and like, you know, they don't believe any of them, but they say they're <laughs> Catholic. So we're going to count them as a Catholic. You say you're a Catholic, but you don't believe in the virgin birth. and You don't believe in, okay. uh, you know, the, the uh, intercessionary uh, prayer to the saints. But you say you're a Catholic. So we're going to count you as a Catholic. I mean, you say you are, so we're going to count you. But you don't believe Catholic things. What, what do we do with you? So, yeah, I think agnosticism, there's probably agnostic Catholics too. And it's like, well, you know, might as well go. You never know. Um, I, I've, not, I've not seen the numbers on that, but it certainly, yeah. it seems plausible to me. Is, and I know I'm probably jumping off base here, but is there is there any religions that are to do with we'll say psychedelics because i know when people take some psych you know there's a lot of especially um oh geez my brain isn't working there's a certain psychedelic and i can't think of it where people go in like they see um oh it'll come back to me but um is, is there any like religions based on just purely like psychedelics and sure. or are they yeah yeah there are in some of the um some of the fastest growing new, new religions are probably psychedelic based ones so um, you might have been thinking about is it ayahuasca uh, which it's a, no, a I wasn't thinking about Alaska. Yeah. I was okay. thinking about jeez, what um, do you call it? I mean, there's the DMT. Oh, DMT. DMT. Yeah, DMT. Yeah, yeah. So there's um, there's a there's a whole bunch of these that are uh, that I think are pretty fast growing. There's actually some scholars working on this. I uh, I know some folks who are working on books on um, uh, the study of, of religion and psychedelics and drugs. I have a colleague. A colleague at Emory uh, named uh, uh, Professor uh, Gary Latterman. He teaches an entire class on religion oh, and drugs. Cool. About, wow. Um, yeah, yeah look about Gary Latterman at Emory. Um, and there's others. I think uh, um, uh, Brad Stoddard, at, uh, he's somewhere in Florida. I think he's working on a on a project. I don't know, but you know, stay tuned. There'll be some books out on, on religion and, and, and psychedelics. Cool. Um, but I think, and I've not read their their work yet, but, mm -hmm. uh, oh, and, and, and Chris Partridge also. Uh, Chris Partridge in um, in England has published okay. on religion and, and drugs. Um, so I think, <coughs> pardon my cough, um, all of them, all of them I think are, are looking at this sort of interesting intersection uh, with the UFO angle in particular, 
there were some early uh, sort of psychedelic ufologists who said, you know, they read their their Carl Jung and they were all into their archetypes, and they, you know, okay. they, they 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 understood sort of that the, through the use of psychedelics they could sort of connect to either beings from actual outer space or beings from other dimensions and sort of you know trans-dimensional space aliens because there's that whole angle too yeah, um, yeah so there were um uh, there were sort of early 1970s 1980s examples of psychedelic ufology um, okay. but, uh, yeah there's there's a bunch of folk work, folks working on it or who have worked on it recently you can Whoa. find for your program oh I, I can see why like i mean <laughs> i can speak for myself <laughs> but um i've um I've dabbled in the old uh, magic mushrooms, and uh, you know when you t- when you take too much of them, especially, you do have that feeling of like, "Geez, I've seen the universe." So that you can see why people, especially I know people who've t- I've never taken DMT, but people who've taken DMT, they do all speak about like meeting these beings from other things. So you could see why that would kind of seep into the consciousness of that. Yeah, I've not read any studies on DMT in particular, but it, again, it's not surprising. I mean, mo- more of the work I think is on, is on uh, mushrooms or ayahuasca or peyote. I mean, peyote's been studied for a long time, right? Yeah. Um, and again, I, I I don't know all the brain chemistry, and I you I, you got me in like what's going on in the brain, but the <laughs> the spiritual claims again are what's interesting to me. Um, yeah. And I don't think we should dismiss it just because it's brought on by by a compound. Because, I mean, people have been having spiritual experiences through, like, fasting or dancing or meditation. It's all brain chemistry. It's all going on in the brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, to quote, you know, Dumbledore, just because it's in your brain it doesn't mean it's not real. I, I mangled the quote, but <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. It's, I mean, yeah, of, course, of course it's in the brain. But it's, that doesn't mean it's, it's not an actual experience. Yeah, yeah. There's so much, but, like, our, the brain is just such an odd thing it's like no one really knows what dreams are like you know what are dreams i don't think anyone can actually specifically tell you what a dream is because they're like minute thoughts during the day that add into some crazy movie you have at nighttime there's an old theory of religion i mean from like the 19th century that it was dreams that led to the first religions that people you know were trying to figure out what is the thing we do and is oh, it wow. real? And are we going somewhere? And are we getting meaning from it? And I mean, it's not provable, of course. It's just a theory, but it's it's interesting. It's provocative, and it's it sort of makes sense. I mean, I mean who knows if it's true? I mean, they're t- they're imagining what it was that, like you know Neanderthals were doing, but it's yeah, it, it makes a certain amount of sense. Like it's weird. Yeah, dreams dreams are weird. I I had a um a guest on the podcast who's a philosopher, John Leslie, before, and we we're just talking about theories of like what you know, the concept of death and living forever. And one of his concepts was that, that that we all live forever because the past is always happening. So essentially you're living in the past. But another one he had was that, like, just talking about stuff, he said that we could be just a thought in God's brain, which that to me is such an, it's a crazy thought, but like, it could be true. Like, I mean, he could just have a thought and that could be just, we're living, you know, if someone's all powerful, so. I've run across, um, you know, it's, it's studying UFO religions. I often sort of I'm studying groups that are part of the broader New Age movement, um, yeah. whatever we're defining that as. I've run across sort of the holographic theory as well, which is sort of similar that what we're just sort of we're holographic projections, and you know, we 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 look real as much as a holograph looks real, but in fact, you know, it's we're, we're actually we're not really here. We're sort of a projection from somewhere else, and often there's all this sort of weird quantum theory involved, which I don't really understand, but it's for proponents of this it like it deeply ties physics and religion and spirituality and philosophy together um and again yeah, I, I don't have to understand it all i need to know is that it makes sense to them because then, then yes yeah. <laughs> that, uh, 
that's what I always thought about ghosts. When people see ghosts, I always they never really interact with the ghosts. So I always thought maybe that's a universe crossing over for just a split second and someone's walking through somewhere or something like that. Yeah, and, and I have looked at studies um, on uh, mostly in uh, North America, but I, it's probably the same in uh, in Western Europe as well. That I mean, belief in the paranormal has has uh, it has never declined, even in the no. modern. But like people who were no less likely to believe in ghosts or spirits or hauntings or things like that now than we were like a hundred years ago, which which is remarkable because people thought, I think, with science and technology that we would all become like, you know, rationalists. Yeah. Right? <laughs> which assumes, of course, that it's irrational to believe in ghosts. That's yeah. an assumption. But um, <laughs> whether it is or isn't, we haven't. I mean, we, we clearly still do believe in yeah. all sorts of mystical, magical, supernatural uh things uh and despite living in an age of science and in fact fusing it think about um yeah i, I don't know if you have on uh on, on your tv uh in ireland but uh, here in the u.s we have you know like the ghost hunters you oh, know i've seen uh, those terrible they have shows. you know like all these little contraptions it looks like ghostbusters right so little like beeping boxes you know little <laughs> things like that but it, it's the use of science technology to study like you know the occult yeah. or the, um, they're hilarious. Like I find that their guys definitely convince themselves. They're like, "Did you yeah. did you hear that sound?" And oh, like, right. "Yeah, it was your shoe moving, dude." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, "Oh my god, I've seen that." It's like, "Bro, come on." He had an article on them in the journal I edited. I edited the journal Nova Religio, which is the journal right. for the study of new religious movements. So we had an article on the um, the paranormal, you know, ghost the ghost hunter people. Um, um, my point was they use technology. That was all I was going to say. Is they use sort of these little I don't know what they do, but they little beeping boxes and things. Yeah, it's kind of like that thing of when you're a kid, like that stuff is so exciting. So when you get older, you're kind of still kind of continuing that in like a weirdly childlike way. Because that's what I see it as. I see it as grown up dudes acting like kids. Listen, let's let's be honest. I mean, it's got to be a fun life. That's hilarious. I'd love it. There are worse jobs to have, right? (laughs) But it's, it's going back to that thing of like, that we were talking about earlier, I think they know at the start, it's like, okay, this isn't true. And then they kind of start to believe it. And then you can see that they believe it. You can see those guys kind of believe it. Yeah, and that's, and again, I, I can't get in their head. I don't know if they actually believe it or not. But the, um, I mean, it, it I mean, I want to separate actual fraud. Like there are people who actually are engaged in fraud, <laughs> like bilking people, you know, like faking yes. paranormal to try to get people to, uh, you know, uh, you know, to, to send in money, things like that. We, we should separate that from people who's for whom maybe it, it is, you know, it's part of their livelihood, but it's not that this is, a, yeah. they're not facing the public in a certain way. I mean, there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a big debate about this. I mean, like P.T. Barnum, you know, talked about, you know, how there, there's sort of, you know, there, there's a, a fleecing the public to entertain them is okay. So, so maybe actually it doesn't matter if it's true <laughs> or not, but I, I agree. I mean, there's, um, I, I rather, I, I do think there's a difference between those who, who believe it and those who who don't believe and are simply trying to uh, uh, to use duplicity to you know make a buck. Yeah, yeah, those shows are big. Do you uh, do you actually believe in aliens yourself? Well, I've I, I believe they're out there. I think uh, yeah. you know, I'll quote uh, Carl Sagan here: "If they aren't, it's a big waste of space." Right? It's a, yeah. The claim that we are the only intelligent life in any universe of its size and scope is an act of incredible hubris. <laughs> it just it, it it boggles the mind to think we're that special, where we'd be the only ones. So I, I certainly believe that there's life and intelligent life out there. Um, I am agnostic about any particular claim that it's visited us. Uh, I'm I'm well aware of sort of I think it's the Drake equation which talks about the chances of ever encountering intelligent life. I, again, I'm not a mathematician, so mm. it, it um, I, I would I would not be surprised if we have been visited or will be visited by intelligent life. I also wouldn't be surprised if we if we aren't uh, yeah. and never will be. 
because of, of the you know massive distances and time. So I mean, it's I'm agnostic about the details, but about the sort of the philosophical possibility of there being intelligent life out there, I think I think there has to be just just that if you know based on the the size of the universe. Um, and I and I take it seriously. So if a person says to me they've um, they've talked to an alien, uh, I don't dismiss it. I mean, I don't I don't necessarily believe them, but it doesn't matter if it if they I think it's you. true. I'm interested in that. I get you. Yeah, I think the whole alien stuff was. I think it was more interesting pre-internet because it was something more like you know unknown about it. Where now you can kind of see all the f- stuff that they faked and all this kind of stuff. For pre-internet, you could kind of be more like, oh my god, that's definitely true. You know. Well, I think in the technologies changed too. I mean, when the um, when when the evidence was like you know grainy photographs and like VHS tapes, which have been copied from copies from copies from copies, <laughs> yes, you know, like grainy. that's one thing. But yeah, it, it, it's remarkable with with all of our like super high tech phones, which have like you know I don't know how many megapixels this thing have. It, it, it's it, it it's suspicious when we don't have you know bona fide verifiable evidence. Yeah. Um, and, and but then again, I mean, it's um, uh, there are those who claim they do. And again, I, I make no I make no judgment over whether, whether their evidence is true or not. I'm waiting to be convinced. Yeah, me too. Is, is there any um, UFO religion? Because we've got about a minute left just before we wrap it up that you're looking at at the moment that kind of has your interest peaked. Um, there, there is a group in, in California, which interested me, which whose, whose founder claims to actually be from outer space or rather their, their consciousness is from outer space. Um, so, uh, the, the, one of the, the terms used for this is often a star seed. So sort of, they, they think they're from, they actually are an alien visiting us. And so I just started that project and I can't say much yet besides the fact that I'm sort of reading their stuff. Cause I think it's interesting. Cause that's, that's actually a really fascinating claim to make is, is I'm not an earthling aiming for the stars. I'm actually from the stars here on earth. Okay. Um, that, that actually that's that's really interesting to me so i'm just starting to do that research oh cool man that's super interesting well it is it's fascinating th- th- thank man thank you so much for doing this i could probably talk for ages you know it's like you, oh you're yeah cool, but, it's been a but, pleasure. Uh, yeah, I, yeah thanks for having me you're, you're a busy man so i know you're busy but um how do people want to find out they can get your book any yeah, yeah you can um the easiest thing to do is just sort of google me uh you know, benjamin e zeller is how i publish you can find my heaven's gate book it's you know it's wherever you buy books um, and then I think I'm on Twitter too. I think I'm Zeller Prof on on Twitter, and you can you can find me around. So um, okay, yeah, good. good. My thank you so much for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure.